to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can f make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some f really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, now that, my friend, is <laughs> very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. The expression of the human body. I mean, the f everything. I mean, you know, not just the hand. And when you're talking about combat, well, I mean, if, if, it, if it is a sport, now, now you're talking about something else. You have regulations, you have rules. But when you're talking about fighting as it is, oh, with no rules. Not real fighting. Well, then, baby, you better train every part of your body. Aloha, Penn Nation. What's up, folks? You're now tuned in to another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, guys, I'm your host, Big J Kinch. Pleasure to be here with you yet again. We're going to kick things off with the biggest winner from UFC Newark over the weekend. Cementing himself as the number one contender, putting on one hell of a show with an incredibly dominant performance against a guy that most people thought or the uninitiated anyway, what they thought would have been his toughest matchup. He went out there and put on arguably the best performance of his career. All of that, and apparently wasn't able to train in the lead up to the fight. Of course, I'm talking about none other than our good friend, repeat offender on BJPenn.com radio, Colby Chaos Covington. And I gotta tell you, he was really on fire for this one. And then our second guest for episode 121, Another big winner from UFC Newark in the co-main event, taking out Clay Guida in under a minute with his patented guillotine choke. None other than the grill master outdoorsman from New Jersey, Jim Miller. So let's jump right into it. After all, why did you guys tune in? You wanted to hear these athletes speak, not me. So, BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch, kicking things off, the one and only Colby Chaos Covington.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, some of you might call him the people's champ. Some of you might hate him to death. Regardless of how you feel about it, he truly is a winning machine. Please welcome back to the show yet again, Colby Chaos Covington. Colby, pleasure as always, my friend. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be back. You know, what an incredible weekend, you know, full of history. So, you know, it's good to be back in South Florida, get back, you know, settled at home. And I'm doing great, bro. Uh, living the American dream, just loving life. I have no doubt, my friend. As you mentioned, very historical weekend. Before we jump into things, though, you're back in the, the sunshine state of Florida. Any plans to head out to Oregon after this monumental weekend, maybe spend some time with family? Yeah, that's on the agenda. I got to go to L.A. next week, and I'll be in L.A. for a week, and then I'll just pop up to Oregon since it's just right above, you know, uh, L.A., so above California. So I'm excited to get back, you know, go back to the mountains, you know, do some outdoorsy type stuff because obviously in Florida we don't got mountains. We got nice beaches and nice beaches, but we don't got the uh, mountains. So it'll be good to get back to Oregon, see my family, see my friends, and just get a little downtime in Oregon before I get back to the grind out here in Florida and get ready to end fucking Marty Fake Newsman's career. Very good, man. Very good. Well, as I just mentioned, it certainly was a monumental weekend for you. First and foremost, congratulations on a very impressive win over arguably the most dangerous guy in the division. A lot of people felt like uh, Robbie was a tough matchup for you. You went out there and completely dominated. You must be very happy with that performance. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the performance, especially given the circumstances. You know, I, I took the fight on four weeks' notice, short notice as it was, when he was getting ready, prepared for a full camp, and, and I didn't even get to train. Man, the first week I get in the sparring, I get headbutt because I was wearing a headgear. I'm a dumbass. I won't ever do that again. I promise you to BJ Penn Nation. But <laughs> I get headbutt, and I have to get 15 stitches on my eyelid. And then I get the 15 stitches, and, and the doctor messes him up. He does them real loose. He didn't do them tight, and he didn't do them from the inside out. He just did the outside, and he should have stitched the, the, the muscle to the skin. So that's what helps it heal better. So he did a shitty stitch job, and then I get the stitches out, and they're all loose. I'm, like, scared I'm going to have to pull out of the fight. And then, and then, you know, can't even get to train, you know. So to, to do that without even training, you know, I, I think that's a flawless performance. It doesn't get any better than that. You know, setting the strikes record, most strikes ever thrown in a UFC fight, and just completely dominating every facet of the game. And it's just, it was incredible, man. I'm very thankful. And, and I got a great team behind me over at American Top Team. Yeah, the the cut and, and, and everything that went down with that, that's something I wanted to get to in a minute, but... Uh, the win and the performance, both both things to be very happy about. However, I'd imagine you were most happy about putting on a show for the Trump family, having their support, and getting a phone call from the president, Donald Trump himself. What was that like for you, man? What did he say? Man, that was, that was such an incredible experience, Jason. I mean, truly one of a kind, obviously. No, no one's ever got the first family to come to a fight, you know, in the history of the sport. So that was already history as it was. And, the, you know, the first family coming into my locker room, we got to chat for a couple minutes before I fought, you know. It's just, it was incredible, man. I felt the dragon energy from me from them so i wasn't going to be stopped that night it doesn't matter if king kong was in there if godzilla was in there it didn't matter if it was robbie law the scariest guy in the division who who scared tyra woodley you know who had a sore thumb who pulled out he scared woodley into hiding he scared ben askram into hiding so we all know how dangerous he is and and then to get the first family to come front row amazing and then as soon as i walk out of the cage the president of the united states calls me i mean 
that's that's storybook, man. They need to write a book about that shit. That's incredible, man. It's another history made of the first fighter to ever get the president to call him right after he stepped out of the octagon. So to do that backstage with the Trump family, the Trump kids, uh, the Trump kids are amazing, very well-behaved kids, but that's another subject in itself. And, uh, you know, just he told me, you know, the president of the United States, Donald, told me, you know, he's like, hey, man, you're a true American champion, Colby, and I, I appreciate what you're doing, man. You never had you never have had anything handed to you. You earned it the hard way, Colby, and I respect that. Much love, brother. And he's like, I want to shake your hand again in the White House. And I was like, oh, man, that would be so awesome, Mr. President, shake your hand again. He's like, just don't hurt me. I'm like, Mr. President, I felt your hands last <laughs> I said, Mr. President, I felt your hands when you shook my hand last time. Man, you got big bricks for hands. I would not want you to punch me. You'd knock me out. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you were forgiving on Joe Biden because you would have knocked him out and left him in a pool of his own blood. <laughs> well, like you said, man, you've got to be the only MMA fighter to not only visit the White House, but to receive a congratulatory call after the win from the president. That is historic, my friend. But with the walkout music, the choice of walkout music, as soon as it hit the speakers, I immediately chuckled to myself, and I thought it was a brilliant move. How long have you had that up your sleeve? Uh, you know, to be honest, you know, I had that up my sleeve probably for about a month. You know, like right when the fight got announced, and I knew I was fighting, I started looking right away. I was like, I need something real good, man. I need to step up my walkout song game. Like, this needs to be legendary. And then, you know, uh, I started thinking, I was, you know, good thing that I'm friends with Bobby Lashley over at WWE, so... You know, I started thinking, I'm like, man, I want to do the, I want to do the Kurt Angle walkout. And I was like, but obviously I'm not going to do it unless I get his, his blessing from Kurt Angle. Cause I'm not a mark, Jason. Of course. Of I, course. I, go, I go things about it the way of the book, you know? So thankfully I reached out to Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley got in touch with Kurt Angle and he gave me his blessing. He said, yeah, no problem, man. And, you know, and he was excited that I was going to use it against Robbie when I fought Robbie Lawler. So it was it was amazing, Jason. I can't tell you what the arena was like. It was electric, bro. I mean, every single person was on their their feet screaming the song. You know, it just it was such an environment, man. It was just it was amazing. You suck. Dun, dun. You suck. <laughs> I'll tell you when it when when the when the music first hit, like the first couple seconds, I was thinking to myself, I'm wondering if this crowd is going to realize what this music is, and sure enough the you suck chance came immediately after. So it played out perfectly. But before we get into the specifics of the fight, man, when we first spoke after this matchup was announced, you had said that you had a lot of respect for Robbie and there wasn't really any bad blood there. Then when the promotion started, you took the former teammate angle, defending American top teams, honor, that kind of thing. You said many times that, that, that you could build a fight against the mop. So with the respect you have for Robbie considered, was this an example of promoting a fight against a guy who just doesn't talk much? Absolutely. You know, look, I told you I could sell a fight with a mop, you know. I, I told you that when I was getting ready to fight Woodley because we all know Woodley has no fucking charisma. He's fucking boring. And then and then to go up against a view like Robbie Lawler, I respect Robbie. His accomplishments, no doubt about it, Jason. He's the first battle Hall of Famer. He's a scary dude. He, has, he still has nasty knockout power with those hands. You don't want to get hit by those hands. I mean, the guy's a legend in the game, man. I mean, four or five-time champ, some of the best, greatest fights in the history of the sport. He's, you know, his experience is second to none. He's just he's a scary dude. So, you know, definitely uh, uh, I respect the guy and his accomplishments. But, you know, he's not on my level. And I told you guys that from the start. I said you before the fight. You know, I've trained with it before. It wasn't competitive. That's not just me lying. Every time I say something to the media, that's the truth. I don't say fake news. 
You know, I'm a Trump supporter. We we don't spread lies like the CNN. You know, Marty Fake Newsman, that's his job. He's the CNN of the UFC. He's he's the one that spreads fake lies. So when I say stuff, man, I mean it. Everyone knew the wrestling was going to be a huge part of how the fight played out. Anyone who follows your career knew the pressure and the cardio was just going to be just was going to be just as big of an element to your success. But I think you surprised a lot of people with your striking, man. I know you're a very well-rounded fighter. You've always shown that, but it looks like you've made some dramatic improvements over the past 14 months. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, I, I was telling people in little interviews, I was like, you know, I'm working on my striking every single day, man, and, and, I, and it's matching up with my wrestling, you know. I, I truly love the art of striking, and I've, and I've always wanted to, to really be the best striker in the world. I know I had the athleticism, Jason. No one has my type of athleticism speed. Obviously, my reflexes are, are second to none. And I mean my good looks as well, you know. like That, that looks flawless. It makes me aerodynamic, so, you know, I can move around even better. So... You uh, you kept the jab in Robbie's face the entire fight. You had some clean uppercuts land. You heard him a few times uh, in there, and, and and there was one knee, maybe maybe two knees that were incredibly close to landing on the button. How important was the jab for your game plan going into this? Yeah, it was very, very important. You know, stick that jab in his face. Keep him at the range that I want him at. You know, he's not going nowhere. That jab's sticking right in his face. He's going to know. You know, I split open his lip in the second round with jabs. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just going to let him know he's coming into it. He's going to have a jab in his face every time he wants to come forward. So I'm the one that pushes forward. I'm the one that backs guys up and sets the pace. And, and you got to fight my fight. I don't fight your fight. So, you know, the jab was very important to keep him at bay and keep him at a good range where I felt comfortable. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what it looked like to me, and and this is from, you know, a podcast host who never actually fought in a cage, just watching from home saying this, but it looked like to me that you threw some fucking heat at Robbie in the first round and the second round leading up to the takedowns. And from that point on, you chipped away at him with that incredible pace and, you know, using your energy very effectively in there, get his respect early, break him down from that point on. Am I anywhere in the ballpark of reality with that? Yeah, you're definitely in the ball, ballpark of uh, realm of possibility with it, you know. There's, that's why game plans are set in place, and that's why we fight MMA, you know. So, you know, I, I know where I'm good. I know what I what I do good. And, and I always tell you guys, man, that when I put guys in deep waters, they just can't respond. But you, you're not going to know it until you're in there and you have to feel it, you know. So I, I can beat guys striking, but I, you know, my fight IQ, Jason, is just so much higher than all these other jobbers, you know. And the, but that's why I'm the king of the division. That's why I'm the greatest welterweight of all time, and, and no one can stop me because just my IQ and my game plan and just my well, my well-rounded fight set. You just you can't stop that, man. It's just my wrestling, my striking, my jiu-jitsu, all of it together is just unstoppable. If you stop one, the other two are coming through. I guarantee it. And then you can't stop the pace. There's just there's nothing for that, Jason, to stop that pace. You can do stairways. These guys, all these guys do stairways, Jason. Every single one of them, they all do stairways. They're pumping themselves up with EPO. They're pumping themselves up with testosterone, HGH. You can't pump yourself up with heart and cardio, and that's what I have bigger than everybody. My heart's too big. My cardio's too big. And there's just you can't stop that. It's just that's why these guys that are betting and putting these. Betting odds out that I'm like a three to one underdog. I'm just laughing. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna get. I'm I'm gonna make all my friends rich, all my supporters rich. You can't stop what I do good. Yeah, and and based on what I heard, I, I believe the the odds switched in your favor like the day of the fight. So obviously, some people knew 
what to expect going into that and place some money on you. Uh, but you went down to the body a few times with great success as well, in particular the body kick and the hook you landed. You threw over 500 punches, landed 10 takedowns, you threw the most punches in the entire fight in the fifth round, which, again, complements, uh, like you're saying, with the with the cardio and the pace there. Tornado kick to a spinning back fist before the final bell. One judge gave you a 10-8 round. All of that success, and apparently you couldn't even train for this fight, man. That is fucking crazy. That's, that's why I'm showing my true potential, Jason. Uh, people don't even know my true potential. Like, that's with no training camp and, and still setting records and, and multiple records, you know. <clears throat> a strike record, 533 uh, strikes landed in the fight. You know, it's just, it, it, we're breaking history. And, and, and we haven't even touched the surface yet. This is just, this is just me envisioning, visualizing and envisioning what I was going to do to Robbie Law. I didn't even actually get to go out there, train, take contact, spar, get my timing, my rhythm. Get my get all that in place. So just wait till I get a full camp for my next guy. That guy's in trouble, and we all know who that is. It's Marty Fake Newsman. Now, uh, d- just to stick with uh, the the performance real quick, you you know, again, all the stuff that landed, all the records broken, all the success you had. I mean, do you regret not being able to finish him? No, I don't regret not being able to finish it because let me tell you what. Go look at that his face first off. He's he got completely humiliated. He got dropped multiple times. We know how durable a guy Robbie Lawler is. So his face looks like hamburger right now. My face looks flawless. I don't have a scratch on my face. So the 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 way I I did that, Jason, is, is so much better than a finish because when you finish someone, you leave that 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 uh that thing of doubt. You know, like oh, you did it wasn't a lucky punch. Oh, was it this? There's nothing lucky about what I did, Jason. I completely dominated him from from to, to start to finish. So to completely dominate someone and, and break a record for most strikes thrown, not get touched, get through the fights flawless, and, and do that to a legend at first bout Hall of Famer Robbie Law, that's more impressive. That's complete domination, Jason. Complete domination. That's a shutout. If you're pitching in the in the NF, in the, in the uh, Whatever, fucking whatever the baseball MLB, is. MLB. I, yeah. I don't, I don't follow baseball. Yeah, but I know, <laughs> I know what a perfect game is, and, and when you when you throw a, a perfect game, it doesn't get any better than that, Jason. That's 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 what breaks headlines. That's that's what uh, you know gets everybody knowing that you know that, that guy's a, that guy's an all time great. He's the greatest. Yeah, man. I tell you, the, the even in the third round, I mean, from that point on, you could just see it in Robbie's face that. That he was a broken man from, uh, you know, just just based on the pace you put on him and completely unable to keep up. Um, I know there's a bunch of other stuff to get to, but uh, to get back to the cut you talked about earlier, it's well documented that you hid the cut from the commission and, and your surgeon said that you could possibly lose your eyelid if the wound was targeted in the fight. However, I'm wondering how this all played out when you showed up for fight week. Who did you approach to, to, to say that you need uh, help to get the cut hidden? Did you sneak right over to the makeup people, or do you come right out to the UFC brass and go from there? Of course I, do, I wasn't going to come out to the UFC brass because I, I don't want to get my heart attack, Jason. I, I, know how much, <laughs> I know how much they needed me to save the show. I, I, that was what everybody was tuning in to watch. They wanted to see the Colby Chaos Covington show. So, you know, I didn't want to give the UFC, you know, Uncle Dana, me and Dana are best friends again, so... I didn't want to give Dana a heart attack, man. I love Dana, man. He's my boy. So, you know, I, I didn't want to tell him. I, I was just going to do it. I showed up. You know, I got. I went to my coach, Conan, and I was like, hey, man, kiss Susie, you know. And, and then we went to Susie over at the UFC makeup team, and she was pretty much on standby. And at any time of the day, 
me to do the makeup for me whenever I needed. So she covered it up good, Jason. Like she really, she really did a good job. You know, she went over it multiple times and, and made sure it was real, real fine. And like it almost like she blended it in with my eyebrows. So like there was no way you were gonna there the commission or the UFC or anybody was gonna see it. I was like, Susie, please keep a secret. Please don't tell anybody. Any <laughs> Please don't tell any of your friends. Just keep this on the download until after the fight. I have to fight. Like I need this more than anything. I want to prove to the UFC. I want to prove to the people that I want to prove a point. And that's exactly what I did. I proved my point. You know, there's no, there's nothing else that people can say about. Oh, he doesn't take fights. I took the final short notice. Oh, he he doesn't want to fight. I, I took the final short notice. I didn't even train for it. I showed up without a training camp to fight Robbie Lawler. We got a full training camp. So, you know, I had to show up and prove a point for the people. But that's why they call me the people's champ- champion, Jason, just like President Trump. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, and it also lends itself to you being a company man, right? I mean, I'm sure Dana White is very grateful to know that you went to those lengths to hide that cut to make sure that this main event stayed on. Yep. I had to make sure that, you know, this fight stayed on. No, uh, it was no doubts about it. it. Had to happen, you know. I gotta give a big thanks to a guy named uh, Robert Johnson. He he helped me out. He gave me this like lotion to help put on it, so it could kind of smooth it over as best possible. But but the real hero was Susie putting the makeup on and making sure. And then obviously, you know, the game plan that my my team my team put together, American Top Team. I got great coaches, man. Conan Silvera, amazing head coach. Uh, you know, I got Steve Mako, amazing wrestling coach. I have my buddy Stephen Hodson, 82nd Airborne Army Ranger, 6th Battalion Unit. You know, really thankful to have him in my corner over the weekend. And then my new a new striking coach of mine, uh, Anderson. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Conan there. In between rounds, man, he was just elated with you. All smiles. You're doing exactly what, what we came here to do. I mean, I can only imagine how impressed he was with your performance. I'm guessing you executed exactly how it was intended. Yeah, exactly how we intended it, you know, just, you know, sat down with the team, America talked to, had, had our game plan, and that's what we had to, we had to go out there and execute it, that's what we do better than anybody, but that's why America Top Team is the best gym in the world, I think we got three years, gym of, gym of the year, three years in a, in a, in a row at the awards, the MMA awards, so. We know who's the best team. We know who has the best fighter. It's American top team hands down. You can't stop us. So after the bout, your post-fight interview was controversial to say the least. And as the panel discuss, as as was the panel discussion with Kamaru. Uh, but first, with the Matt Hughes comment, you got a lot of heat for that. Any regrets looking back on it? Not at all, Jason. I, I didn't get. I didn't sign in my contract that I was going to be nice to people and say nice words. I told everybody that, you know, we don't live in safe spaces, man. This is this is America. You know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a different one. But, hey, man, like, we get locked in underwear to be violent men and send people to the hospital. But you guys don't get mad. You don't fault us or get mad at us for that. But you get mad when we say some words? Like, what's wrong with saying some words? I mean, how is it that everybody... Nobody got it except for Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes got it. He, he texted my agent, Dan Lambert. It was like, oh, it's whatever. You know, I get what he's doing. You know, we make jokes about shit all the time. Okay, that's the situation. Where's the lie, Jason? There's no lie. I just told Robbie Law. I was trying to give him advice. I said, hey, get off the tracks when the champ's coming through. You sure learned that lesson from your boy Matt Hughes. Right, and, and, and you know, Matt, Matt texting Dan – you know his comment after the fight, and you know he said he said that he he got what you were trying to do, and that people need to have thicker skin in this business. I'm wondering though, was that line just something that came to mind, or do you genuinely have a dislike for Matt Hughes, or was it just a clever line? Uh, 
A little bit of both. Okay. All right. We'll leave that there. So you call out Usman. You challenged him for MSG, uh, the MSG card in November. Then you guys get on the panel together with security. There was plenty of back and forth, of course. But what kind of vibe did you get from Kamaru when you were standing in front of him there? I just got the fake vibe, you know, the CNN of the UFC type vibe, you know. I mean, the guy's so fake, man. He's acting like he's going to take his coat off, like he's going to do something. He's not going to do anything, dude. He's just trying to act tough, dude. And let's be honest, the security barely even put a finger on his on his hip. If you really want to get over to me, he could have got over to me again. Oh, and by the way, the security guy put his finger on Cameron Usman's hip. So looks like he's going to be out for another year now, Jason. So <laughs> sorry about that. We're, we're probably not going to be fighting anytime soon now that the security did that. But, uh, you know, the feel that I got from him sitting next to him is he's fucking scared. Now he knows what the fuck's in front of him. Now he knows what's coming. He doesn't get to duck me no more, man. He's been sitting out fucking milking up that little fucking injury. Milking it. Ali does that. Ali Abdel Sleeves does that with all his fighters. He lets his fighters milk up their injuries and, and or not even injuries. He lets he he lets these guys soak it up when they're in a, a little bit of a spotlight, which no one gives a fuck about Marty Fake Newsman, but he's in a little tiny bit of a spotlight with his number one contender power ranger belt. So Ali does that with all his clients. He lets them get hurt, he, they just sit on the sideline and try to soak it up. But now they know what the fuck's in front of them, Jason. They got nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. He's got nowhere to go. It's me and him about to get locked in the octagon with whatever he says, or he just gets stripped and we move on. I give a title shot to somebody else. Does he actually sign the contract for November 2nd at UFC 244? And if he doesn't, obviously you're saying you would you would defend your title or per se against somebody else. What's your next move from there if he doesn't sign the contract? Uh, you know, the, the, then I give a title shot to the next worthy guy in the division. If it has to be my, my best friend Jorge Masvidal, I give a title shot to him. I'll let We can fight for the undisputed belt, you know. Just Marty Fake Newsman is a coward. He just gets stripped of, of his little number one contender Power Ranger belt. And no, one give, no one gives a fuck about him anyways. So he's, he's irrelevant to the fucking sport. He's a joke, dude. He's a clown. So, you know, I can give my a title shot to my best friend, you know. We're the Batman and Robin in MMA. Of course, I'm Batman. He's Robin. But you know what I mean. People love him. You know, he, they love to see him the way he fights. You know, he's two and two in his last four fights. But his those two wins in that two and two two fifty fifty record timeline are two impressive wins. You know, but I mean, impressive in by his finish. You know, I mean, he fought two over at cans, and I and I helped prepare him and, and give him those fights. But you know, it, it's got to be Marty Fake Newsman, Jason. It, it can't be anybody else. We have this beef. It's so personal. It goes back so deep, man. Like, the fact that he attacked me at a Palms Buffet line, tried to act tough to the world on TMZ and make him look like he's this freaking hero and this and that. Like, he's just a clown, dude. Let's let's settle this business in the octagon. Why, why are you doing this stuff for videos, but then you don't want to fight? You want to sit out for, for eight months and not fight me. So, you know, Marty Fake Newsman needs to put up or shut up. I know we've talked about this before, but is this situation with Kamaru, it is very reminiscent of your situation with Woodley, right? No, this 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 situation's way worse. Woodley, you know, I mean, I hate the guy. He's a piece of shit. He's a crybaby. He's a, he's a soy, low-T low beta, beta male, but... But, uh, you know, this thing with, with, with uh, Marty Fake Newsman is different, you know, because, you know, he he, uh, he won the his American top team, ultimate fighter. He beat all the guys from ATT, but it's because I was already in the UFC at the time. So I was begging to fight him after he did that and got in the UFC, but he was turning down the fight. And he actually turned down the fight so much to Glenn Robinson, his manager, that he gave Glenn uh, Robinson a heart attack and he died. Oh, man. Throwing the heat today, Colby. Listen. 
Real quick on Jorge, uh, but before we move on and wrap this thing up, uh, Dan Lambert's told one of our guys that you and Jorge are, are not training in, uh, together anymore. You guys are avoiding each other in the gym and that, you know, tensions might kind of be building there. What is it like from your perspective? I know you guys will always be friends and you're definitely willing to fight if it's for the right amount of money and for a title. But what's the relationship like right now? And, you know, are you guys still cool? Uh, yeah, we're still cool, dude. That's my best friend, man. I, I like the guy, man. I have nothing personal against him. We we just knew that, you know, someday it's going to be business and, and we're going to be, we might be in a position where we have to do that. And I understand his side, Jason. Like, he wants to fight for his kids. He wants to fight for his family. But guess what? I have to do the same, man. I, I grew up from a poor living. My mom's poor. I want to take her out of her motor home that, that she lives in. You know, I want to take her out uh, of the life that she never had. I want to, you know, my dad grew up poor too, man. And Alaska, like having nothing, having to walk to school every day up until in college. So you know, I, I have I, my family needs to get taken care of too, man. I want this position. So there can only be one, Jason, and we all know who the one is. That's me. No one's stopping me. I'm the best in the world. I've been the best in the world. So it doesn't matter who comes and get it. It could be my best friend. It could be Marty Fake Newsman, the, the rival from the X Gym that beat my team. That we have so much history together. It could be anyone, Jason. But I am one. No one's stopping me in my dreams. I'm going to beat everybody the fuck up. Nobody, nobody, nobody's going to beat me. So come and get it. Anybody. Best friend fucking Marty Fake Newsman. Jason, I'm the best in the world. That's why they call me the great American winning machine. That's why they call me America's champ. That's why they call me Donald Trump's favorite fighter. I'm going to keep breaking history. I'm young and I'm only getting fucking started. Man, Colby Highlander Covington, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, one more topic I wanted to I wanted to get to before we wrap this thing up. You've been coming on the show for a long time now, and I've always understood your goal with being a heel and supported it all along the way. I know you really don't care about public perception and, and you don't check comments or anything like that, but I was looking around at the public reaction to Saturday afternoon and uh, your interview since then, and while there still is always going to be plenty of hate out there, I think you won over a lot of fans this weekend, man. Do you feel that way based on, on what you've seen? Um, You know, I haven't seen much because i got to be honest. The, the overwhelming support has been just incredible and it's been amazing. But, you know, I've been catching up with friends and, I, and I've been doing a lot of things. You know, I'm on the move a lot more now, getting, getting things going and, and uh, you know, just staying busy. So, you know, I don't pay attention to that. You know, my fans and the people that support me and, and do this and that, they know what I bring to the table. They know I'm going to bring the stuff to entertain them. And I'm not talking about just when I fight, Jason. I'm talking about year-round, what I'm doing every single day, what I'm doing every weekend, you know. So, you know, if people like me or not, you know, I'm still going to bring the heat and I'm still going to bring the good stuff to get them entertained and, and want to see the sport and be and see the sport great again because that's what I'm doing. Just like uh, Trump's making America great again, I'm making the UFC great again. So, you know, that's how I give my fans and my supporters love by doing funny stuff, making, you know, making their cheering their lives up or, you know, or my fans, too, my haters, because they're my fans. They're just confused fans. They want to come and invent to me and get the fresh dressings out, whatever. It's not going to make a difference. You have your opinion. I, I respect your opinion. Everybody has their own opinion in the world. I can respect other people's opinions. You don't have to agree with me on every single little thing, but we can still we can still be friends and we can still find common ground to talk. So, so, you know, shit, man, he's good. I'd say Trump gets you in his cabinet. Cause I'm always talking about that. The divisiveness in America and how 
nobody's willing to talk to each other because of differing opinions. Like, what the hell, man? Let's just sit down and have a conversation. There's always common ground to be found between people. I agree with you 100% there. But I got to tell you, man, looking around, I think that this fight, this win, how impressive it was, it really pushed you over the edge with a lot of people, and I think you're going to have a much bigger fan base going to the next one. Uh, but did you see some of the fighter reactions like John Jones saying that Robbie let the world down with that loss? And what was your reaction to that? Yeah, Jason, I, I got a lot. I got, I got, I got to be honest, man. When I saw the John Jones, uh, tweet and you know, my reaction is that I just, I couldn't stop laughing, man. It was like, it's like, he's a comedian now. Like he like, dude, come on, bro. How fake can you be? Like, like be real, dude. At least be like funny. Like I, I, I we're funny laughing at you. We're not laughing with you, John. He thinks that's, <laughs> that's the alarm because they know I'm about to set out bombs right now, right now. So, uh, you know, with John Jones, you know, the thing is, he's saying Robbie Lawler let the world down, Jason. Freaking John Jones has let the world down so many times. Robbie Lawler's a legend, Jason. He's not wrecking a car at Bentley with hookers in the back when this is John Jones wrecking at Bentley with hookers on the back saying that he's a family man. He's a man of God. Robbie Lawler doesn't do cocaine. Robbie Lawler didn't hit a pregnant lady at an at a accident scene and then flee the scene with drugs in his car. So how dare John Jones say that Robbie Lawler let the world down? John Jones is the biggest piece of shit in all the sports. He continually lets the fans down, and he's made mistake after mistake. So he has no room to talk. He's a fake fuck. Now, moving on from there, I know Jones always seems to come up, and, and, and you've said plenty about that, but uh, staying with the, with being a heel and possibly turning face here, you know, I doubt you'll ever stop being a heel, but could you see yourself maybe becoming an anti-hero or even becoming a babyface in the future with all this love that you're getting now? Yeah, and, and that's what sucks, Jason, because, you know, I didn't want I didn't want this. I didn't ask for this. But, you know, Marty Fake Newsman is so dislikable that people are just going to honestly have to turn and make me that way. But, you know, I'm going to keep being me, Jason. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And, and I think people, they can respect that because, you know, I stand up for what I believe in. And, you know, I, I'm not saying we have to have the same opinion and, and agree on every single thing, but I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in and the things that I hold – close to my heart so you can't fault me for that you got to appreciate and respect that and and more importantly i'm a man of my word man when i say shit i don't just fucking say it to say dude i back it up every time i walk the walk i talk the talk so you know you know i just people got to come around that and if they can't then you know fuck them like i said before fuck the snowflakes they're internet versions. I could care less. They're, they're nerds, you know, in their mom's basement eating Cheetos, but they want to, you know, they're cheating on their taxes. They're cheating on their wives, but they want to judge me and this and that. It's like, it's just, you know, it's hypocritical and it's two-faced. And, and anybody that listens to those people, you know, they're just dumb. Well, you make a great point there, man. Consistency is key, and you've been nothing but consistent your entire career. Listen, Colby, as always, man, you've been more than generous with your time, and it's always a pleasure speaking with you. For all the fans out there, New and old, all the haters as well. What can everybody expect from you going forward? And if this fight with Kamaru does happen in November, how does it play out? Fans can expect great things. I mean, I'm going to go leave Marty fake newsman in a pool of his own blood and truly make welterweight great again and, and it, it's going to be a, it's not even going to be competitive you know i'm going to show the different levels there is to this sport and the different levels there is between our games he's d2 i'm d1 that's how you can look at it and we all know what happens when d2 plays d1 it's not even competitive so that's what's going to happen on that front and uh, you know on the next front you know 
you know, great things happening. You know, I, uh, go over to ProWrestlingTees.com. We got my store, ProWrestlingTees at ColbyCub.MMA. And, uh, you know, also I'm doing big things, man, heading out to L.A., training hard, getting different looks, doing the right things, living the right lifestyle. And, and I'm going to make the UFC great again, just like I told everybody, man. It's, this, this UFC is about to change. Now I'm the face of it, so I got a big responsibility on my back. And you know when I when I take every I take that very seriously. So you guys are gonna see great things in 2019, 2020. It's gonna be a landslide, just like the election with President Trump. If he wins by a landslide. It's gonna be landslide wins for Colby Chaos Covington with the first family and possibly the president sitting front row. So that's what you can expect going forward, Jason. And I also want to say shout out to California CBD. Much love to them for supporting my dreams. Shout out to my my dentist. Uh, Dr. Patty Dental. Shout out to Dan Lambert and American Top Team for everything you do, making all this possible. I wouldn't be able to do anything without you. So, Dan Lambert, I love you, man. We go into fucking WWE, and that's it. Mic drop, motherfuckers. <laughs> all right, man. I certainly hope the fight gets made. You've continued to back up everything you say. You make it very entertaining for all of us along the way. Look forward to more of the same, and I hope we can catch up again soon, man. Thanks, champ. You have a great day, brother. Appreciate you as always, Jason. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Later. Later. I said in the beginning of the show that Colby was on fire. That might have been an understatement. Again, huge win for Colby. Really puts him over the top, in my opinion. You guys heard me talk about it in the conversation. Based on what I have seen, even Colby's haters are starting to warm up to him and appreciate what he's doing and what he has been doing all along. So you can bet your bottom dollar that whether it be Kamara Usman or somebody else, we're going to see Colby in a very big fight the next time he makes that walk to the cage. But let's keep it moving like we always do. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, closing out episode 121, a man who has fought in the UFC octagon more than any other. And he holds a few other records as well. I have no doubt they will only be broken and added to as time goes on. The grilling guillotine machine, Jim Miller. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show one of the big winners from Saturday in Newark, the UFC event, of course. Master of the Traeger Grill and arguably the most seasoned veteran on the UFC roster that we've ever seen, and definitely one of the most decorated athletes in the game today, the one and only Jim Miller. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Before we jump into things, though, I mentioned the Traeger Grill there, and anyone who follows on you on social media knows just how much you enjoy smoking various meats, cooking on the grill all the time. I'm wondering, have you ever considered starting a side business with that, like maybe catering <laughs> events or maybe even creating your own line of seasoning? Uh, you know, actually, uh, reminder here, I, I have. Uh, I have thought about it, and, and uh, I'm not exactly sure where uh, I'm going to take it yet, but, uh, you know, I, I I, just, it's always something that I like to do is, is uh, like, cook for people. So um, I just, I get a lot of satisfaction out of it, and, uh you know, any, anything that I can like make um, and then share with people, I, I enjoy. Uh, I enjoy doing that. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely down the line. I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not exactly sure what, it, how it's going to pan out, but uh, I think food is definitely going to uh, be part of my, 
professional life after fighting. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, I love to cook as well. Uh, I'm definitely nowhere near uh, the level of uh, griller or smoker that you are, but I do love to cook for people, and I find, you know, I do take a a great deal of pleasure in just feeding people, you know what I mean? I'm wondering, are you one of those guys, though, because I'm this guy, are you one of those guys that puts out the food and just kind of watches everybody eat and doesn't even have the meal? Totally. (laughs) 100%. You know, when, when I cook... Uh, like when I cook for an event, like I, we're, we're having our, uh, annual barbecue at the gym in like two weeks here. And, and uh, you know, I've, I'm actually like, I was, during fight week, I was kind of figuring it, trying to figure out some recipes. It was miserable, <laughs> Got weight, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to, what I'm going to cook for the menu and stuff like that. And yeah, every time, every single time we do something like that. Uh, even if it's just like a, I do a, you know, cook for the kids' birthdays or something like that, where, you got a couple people over a dozen people and, and I, I make it as challenging as I can, you know, like, cause that's, that's why I do it too. I mean, I, I'm trying to like test myself and, you know, right. get better. And that's, and that's, uh, I, I mean, I'm pretty good. I wouldn't say I'm like a great cook, but, um, I've gotten to where I am by failing a lot. And, and, and you know, it's just like jujitsu. I mean, you, you go for a ton of arm bars before you get one. And it's the same thing when, when cooking and, um, yeah, like when, when I, when I cook, I, I usually don't eat. And then, and then of course it's like, then I have a couple beers and it's like, Oh crap, I better eat. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way, man. I find myself just kind of the same thing, drinking some beers, not eating, watching everybody enjoy the meal and, and taking more pleasure in that at the end of the day. But, yeah. uh, I'll tell you, man, if there was a Jim Miller dry rub out there, I'd buy that stuff in a heartbeat. So <laughs> definitely something to consider. All right. <laughs> but moving on from there and all of your uh, famed grilling skills, congratulations on a big win on Saturday, man. What did you, you do to celebrate? Um, you know, we uh, had an after party. Uh, me and Mickey Gall uh, had an after party at one of the local uh, local bars down there, and, and uh, we had a pretty good showing. A lot of, a lot of people that, uh, you know, I've trained with over the years and, and my, my students and, and friends that were there at the, at the fights came by and, you know, um, that was one of the cool things about the card being early too. Uh, you know, usually on the East coast, you're getting out late. Right. Um, so then being able to go and hang out with people for a couple hours, uh, was, uh, it was, it was a nice change. It was pretty awesome. That was a special thing for you sharing the card with Mickey, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, uh, I've, I've shared a card with, you know, my brother a couple times, um, you know, in the UFC, uh, at least, and, you know, we definitely did quite a few times, uh, earlier in our career, but, um, you know, and, and sharing it with Dan was always a little bit more stressful because he, he is blood, um, you know, but, yep. uh, and then, and then be fighting back to back, which was like the craziest thing we've ever done, uh, at UFC 128. Um, but, uh, yeah, being on a card with, you know, another guy that I've, that I've trained with, cause it's, it's, it has been a while, you know, I mean, I think the last time that I was, uh, I think the last time that I was on a card with one of like my training partners was probably, Man, I, I think I fought with Charlie on one of the cards. Um, you know, I fought with Rafael Rivera, um, you know, and, and a couple of these other guys. But yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since I, I shared a card with somebody, um, you know, that uh, that I was really like kind of vested in. And um, you know, I'm happy to uh, happy to kind of cheer on a great night with the kid. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And on top of that, I mean, getting a win at home is always a good feeling. Did you have a lot of uh, friends and family at the event? Yeah, yeah. There was there was quite a few. Uh, quite a few fans of mine there. So, um, yeah, it was nice, you know, like 
for me, it's you know around the fight. I don't I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean that's the thing. It's like I don't, I don't really care uh, where I'm fighting. Um, it, it it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, I mean my wife gets a little miffed sometimes because I'm like, listen, like if you're not there, it doesn't. On fight night, it does not matter. Right. <laughs> like I'm, you know, like I, I know that it's easier for her to be there, but like it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, you know, to to be able to share, you know, that that event that night with uh, with you know students of mine that have never been to a fight and stuff like that, um, you know, and to and to go out and have a good performance and um, you know make it a good night, uh, it was pretty cool. Well, good performance is an understatement, man. It took you less than a minute to render Clay Guida unconscious with that nasty guillotine. A technique you're 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 clearly a master of. Did you feel Clay go out? You know, I was actually talking to my brother about that. It's 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 not that it's concerning, but I, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel him go out. Like it is weird. It's the first time I've I've choked somebody unconscious where I wasn't you know like positive when they went out. You think some uh, of that? Might have, it might have been because I was pretty rocked myself, but uh, you know it. Just the the position that we ended up in, I guess, I guess because I had such a uh, a good pull with my legs that uh, usually in that position, like once they go out, you're gonna you would have rocked me back, um, you know, and I would have I would have uh, like landed more on my back, and and he went out and it didn't happen, um, you know, and I felt his hand move, but that was that was her moving his hand, um, so yeah, it was it was weird. Weird yeah, I, I was gonna say I'm wondering if you know maybe having that arm trapped kind of kind of you know added to, to not feeling him go out yeah I don't I don't know like I said it was the the, the, the posture his posture never broke down like, right and and for me to be up on his you know high up on his shoulders and for him to not fall forward you know and that pulling down is uh, it's it's weird it's weird for that not to happen um, so it was it was kind of uh, it was different it was different that I didn't feel it now, some people are giving Herb Dean a hard time about uh, not stopping it fast enough, especially given some of the events that unfolded earlier in the card. But do, do you think he was uh, he was late on that stoppage? Uh, no, I, I mean he he's seen Clay fight plenty of times. He pulled his hand a little bit. There might have been a little bit of you know movement to it. I mean he he went back like three times to move his hand. As soon as he moved to the third time, it, it uh, you know, he stopped the fight. So if anything, it was like an extra second or a half a second. I mean, it really wasn't, uh, it wasn't long. It wasn't, uh, something that was totally overdone, you know, I mean, and, and as a fighter, I mean, a, a, an extra second in a choke. I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us are worried about that, you know, at that point. Um, you know, it's the it's the other damage. It's the you know, if, if the choke is on for a long time, or, or um, you know, when when you see somebody that that uh, takes some some shots that they don't need to take, um, then it's a little bit more concerning. But uh, I I don't think he did a, a, a bad job with it at all. No, I agree with you 100. percent I thought some of the bash backlash was unwarranted and obviously stemming from the stuff that happened earlier in the night. But you and Clay, you had a lot of mutual respect going into the fight, uh, and the first exchange was pretty wild, man. Guida seemed to stun you. You countered and stunned him in return, which led to the submission. How hard was that shot he caught you with? Uh, it hit me right on the button. <laughs> uh, he hit me right on the corner of the jaw, you know, and, and uh, it was one of those ones that it, uh, it did, you know, I mean, you saw it. It, it, it wobbled me pretty good. And, uh, I was seeing stars after, and, and 
you know, I, I he, he landed it, and I, I knew I knew that he would come back in. Um, so it was just a matter of trying to get my pairings and, and, and be able to uncork one myself. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I was able to land. Um, you know, I, I, I think he was pretty much out on his feet from my shot. Um, you know, cause he, he really didn't even shoot in. He almost fell into me right. uh, when I wrapped up that guillotine. So, um, you know, I, I, I think I got the better of the two of the shots. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, he, he hit me, he hit me flush. <laughs> a lot of people have been surprised with Clay's power as of late. You know, he, he was never really a power puncher and, you know, more of a volume guy. What kind of a fight were you anticipating going into this one? Um, I was expecting more of the volume, um, you know, and that's that's usually how he does fight. Um, but he does sit down on his punches, and, that, and that's you know he he came out and he was he was uh, being a little more tactful, you know, uh, in in the very beginning of the fight there. And um, honestly, I was expecting the uppercut. You know, he landed that big uppercut on on Joe, and uh, that's that's the shot that I was expecting. Uh, you know, and, and I threw the kick and I threw the through the left hand and he just came over top and, and, uh, and caught me good. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that, like I said, I, I, I expected him at any opportunity, whether it was me slowing down or him landing a shot that he was going to then use his pressure and, and, and you know, revert to the clay that you see, you know, 85, 90% of the time, which is that pressure guy. Um, so yeah, I was, I was able to, you know, get him on his way in. Right. Right. Absolutely. Didn't even have to go there. Absolutely. Now, again, going back to the mutual respect between you both, you had said that you'd love to go fishing with Clay after the fight. Have you discussed that with him at all? Uh, yeah, we were, we were just chatting about it, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit backstage. Um, you know, it's, uh, he's, a, he's a good dude. He's a, he's a great fisherman, and, and uh, you know, I like fishing too. Yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a fun time. Right, a couple of outdoorsmen out there chopping it up. Does Clay strike you as more of a lure guy or a live bait guy? Oh, lure guy. Come on. <laughs> we're not, we're not four year olds. <laughs> well, I certainly hope that that fishing uh, trip does become a reality, but when it comes to reeling in Uf- UFC records, man, you, my friend have been one of the best anglers in that regard. Uh, you have the most fights in the company's history and in your division. You have the most submissions and wins in the division tied for most stoppages. It speaks volumes to your work ethic and your durability over the years. But I'm wondering, do those accolades do those accolades mean much to you personally? Um, you know, they're they're cool to have, you know, and, and I think the coolest one right now is the, you know, being in the, the twenty wins uh group. I mean it's like I'm tied with, you know, GSP. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it that's it, pretty cool and, and uh, you know, I'm in a group of I think it's five other guys, right, that, that have twenty wins. Uh and it's or over, you know, twenty or over, and it's a really elite group, you know. And um, it's cool to be associated with those guys, you know. I've got a lot of respect for them, and it takes it it takes something to get there, you know. Uh, I mean, Burt Watson always used to say it: it's harder to, it's harder to stay here than it is to get here, you know. And, and uh, it, that couldn't be further, uh, or you know, couldn't couldn't be more the truth. Rather, um, you know, it's definitely the, the difficult part is he's hanging around and being able to you know rack up some of those numbers yeah and how much of a harder road it is for you to more or less grow up and evolve in your career competing against the best in the world i mean it's it's not like other guys who come through uh local circuits and then get to the big time have a good run in the ufc i mean you've done a lot of your learning and growing up in this sport in the ufc 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, when I signed it, I was signed in 2008. Um, you know, I, I'd been in an, in, yeah, in MMA for less than three years, you know? So, um, it was, uh, you know, hopped right in there and, and just had, had to, <laughs> had to learn on the job. Right. Now, in terms of legacy, all those records will definitely be a big part of your story, and you'll likely add to those records before it's all said and done. But post-fight, you had talked about overcoming Lyme disease and how much that was affecting your performances. What has that struggle been like for you, and how long was it hindering your performances? Um, you know, the, the the it was tough. The struggle was tough. You know, I mean, I it, uh, the the hard part before I was diagnosed was, you know, just, just dealing with it and, and, and not knowing and assuming that everything that I was feeling was because of being a professional fighter for, you know, a, a decade. Right. Um, you know, and then, and then it, even after I got diagnosed, I, uh, I had a good, you know, second half in 2016, but it wasn't, it, it was a lot better. You know, I felt a lot better than I had, but it still wasn't where I needed to be. You know, like I, uh, you know, I, I, I beat Gomi. I, I had a, I had a pretty good performance against Joe the second time, but, but not, you know, not as good as I did the first time. I didn't fight the same way I did the first time. And then, you know, uh, fighting Alves was, you know, here's, here's a guy that fought for the belt at one seventies and, you know, was a, bit bigger than me in the, in the, in the octagon that night too. And, uh, it was, I, you know, I fought well, I fought smart, uh, but I didn't necessarily fight like completely to my strengths. And, um, and then the, the line kind of came back and kicked my ass for a little bit right after that fight. And then it was, you know, uh, 2017 was, was tough. It was a tough one on me. Um, you know, not only was I dealing with some of the line, but then, my medication, I, I uh, ended up developing a, a B vitamin deficiency where, like, if I if I bumped my nails into things, they would just crack and split and oh, explode. And, uh, you know, like, if I, if I barely bumped my elbow, I'd get that funny bone. I mean, three weeks before I fought Pettis, my pad holder, you know, I'm hitting pads and he just, he just kind of, you know, swings the pad at me uh, to get me to get my hands back up. And he, he hits me with the soft part of the pad, not the corner or edge or anything like that. So soft part of the pad right in the elbow. And, you know, I get the nerve pain and stuff like that. You know, it's like, uh, it's just not a, not, not, not a cool thing to be dealing with, uh, when you get hit every day. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a struggle to get through that stuff. And, and I, I started to feel like I was coming out of it in the beginning of 2018. And it's just kind of been a slow rise back up, um, to where I, I've been able to start training like I used to again. I mean, for a while there, I was, I, I had to stay out of the weight room. I literally yeah. could not lift. Um, if I did, I was just destroyed for days. If I tried to do any sprints, I was destroyed. Um, so it, it was, you know, I, I trained, you know, obviously I hit pads, I, I rolled, I uh, drilled jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I didn't develop myself as an athlete and develop myself as an athlete in the way that I'm good at, uh, which is just going, just going hard for 15 minutes. And, um, you know, I finally been able to kind of bring that back and I fight a lot more aggressive now. So, you know, I'm, I'm quicker to jump on things. I'm, uh, you know, uh, 
explosive again and and uh you know it's it's uh it's a great feeling it's almost you know i feel like it's a little bit of a rebirth for me well it's definitely it's definitely evident in your performances but i'm wondering obviously it sounds like it took a little while for that diagnosis to come through you weren't sure what was going on i've read that you know they can catch it early on with antibiotics and it not be a big deal but how long do you think you had it before you were diagnosed uh i believe i was bit in 2013 mid-2013 uh, wow so like so three years I, just about, yeah, just about three years. Um, you know, I had a, I never, you know, I never found a kick on me, never had a bullseye, anything like that. Um, I just had a weird, a weird, you know, little illness thing in 2013. I had, you know, severe nausea and stuff like that. I mean, to the point where if I smelled my coffee in the morning, <laughs> I'd, I'd start puking a little bit. Uh, it was just too much, just the smell of it. Um, and then, uh, and then I had a series of migraines over, uh, like two weeks, you know, I ended up getting like eight or 10 migraines over two weeks. And, um, you know, I went to an ENT, I went to a neurologist, they, they tested me for Lyme back then, they tested negative. Like I still do. Um, and, and, uh, nothing really ever came of it. You know, I mean, they're like, okay, well, we'll just keep an eye on it. You know, they had, they had nothing to show. And, uh, I'm pretty certain that, you know, knowing what I know now about the symptoms of early Lyme, um, that that's probably when I was bit. And, uh, you know, it kind of just slowly built up strength in my body. And, you know, like uh, being an athlete and, and and training, you know, uh, a decent amount, uh, you know, uh, a good percentage of days, uh, I was able to kind of keep, keep it back and, and – uh, you know, it just slowly built up that strength to where it started kicking my butt in 2015, uh, you know, in early 2016. Right. So being an athlete, you were able to stave it off for a while, but yeah, that's crazy, man. So you have never actually been, ha- had a positive test for it. Nope. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, uh, I, I tested negative. Uh, you know, I was talking to my doctor before, uh, UC 196. And, uh, when I was doing my pre-fight physical and all that stuff, and he's like, yeah, he's like, we're going to run a separate blood test we'll test it for Lyme he's like I think you have it because um, I was explaining you know my the, the brain fog that I was dealing with and, and, and some of the you know the neurological stuff um, and uh, I test negative for it I test positive for a, an antibody that they associate with it that's not 100% um, but he's like you know let's try it let's just try some some antibiotics and he's like he's like if you feel significantly or if, if you have Lyme you'll feel significantly better in a few days uh it really it really was yeah I mean obviously like the joint pain and, and the and everything didn't go away immediately but uh I immediately started feeling better you know and then it was like okay well you know is that just a placebo effect or is that right. you know is that is that real and uh you know it, a, a steady six months on it and I was feeling pretty good and performing well and, and uh you know, and then, and then I went off of the, the doxy for a little bit and about seven weeks later, it started coming back and, and, uh, and really, really took it out of me the second time around. Um, so then it was, you know, trying to get things even more dialed in and, and fight a little bit better. Wow. What a crazy situation that is. Absolutely nuts. Well, with all of that in the past now, and maybe not so much in the past, but with it all under control at this point and in past interviews, you've said that. You want to make the most of, of what time you have left in the sport, and rightfully yep. so. However, now that you're back to you know 100% or, or as close to it as you can be, 
and saying that you felt the best that you have uh, in a long time or ever for that matter in this fight against Guida, do you think you might have more, more time in the Hurt business than you originally anticipated? I I do. I do think I, uh, I've got more time. You know, it, uh, I was I was close to retiring at that at that point in 2016. Um, you know, and then and then I found out I was I had it and, and gave myself one more camp. You know, like okay, let's see where let's see if I can feel better. And, and then I started to feel, uh, you know, significantly better than I had uh, in, in the past couple months. Uh, you know, leading up to that fight with Gomi at UC 200. But uh, yeah, I I, I mean. I tell I, I've been telling everybody I'm taking a fight by fight, and, and some people take that as like you know the next fight or maybe the one after that uh, would be my last. But you know, I I'm not looking at it like that. I'm looking at it like you know I'm feeling great. You know, let's see how far we can get this thing. And, and uh, you know, it was not long ago that I was ranked in top five in the world. Right. And, and uh, you know, I I know that if my if my body stays where it's at and I can be an athlete again, then, then I could be right back up there. So what's the cutoff for you personally? I mean, is there an, an exact age or date you have in mind? Or it sounds to me it's it's more about when the body tells you it's time to walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, the one thing that you can't keep, right, is your is your reflex, your speed. Um, and I I don't I don't feel slow. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I know I know that I'm a better fighter than I was six years ago. Um, I, I know that I can be stronger. And I, I mean, I feel like I have more power, even though I'm a little bit smaller than I was a few years ago. Um, I feel like I've got more power, and uh, and I and I sure don't feel like I'm losing a step yet. So, um, you know, when when I get to that point, when it starts getting tough again, um, then then you know, uh, you start having those conversations. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start having those conversations and. And, uh, you know, the, the thing of it is, is I want to, I want to know leading up to it that it's my last one. So it's going to, it's going to take some lead time. It's not going to be an abrupt thing for me. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the idea of that, the idea of making that last walk to the octagon is, is freaking exciting. <laughs> like just, just knowing that there's, there is nothing to hold back for. There's nothing to, to, you know, no reason to leave anything left in the tank and, and, uh, and just go out and fight right. with every ounce that I've got left. And, and uh, I, I'm excited for that. It's not going to be the next one, um, but uh, I'm excited for that on the, on the horizon. Well, that sounds like the right way to go about it. Have it planned. Know when it's going to be. And like you said, go in there and not have to worry about re-signing or where you stand in the rankings. Just go out there, leave it all on the table. And for, for the most part, I mean, you've done that in all your fights anyway, but to truly do so... Uh, for yourself, I think it is something yeah. that would be very special, but all that considered, man, what's the plan going forward now? Do you feel like you, you want to make a run at the title or maybe just take some big name matchups and get some be- decent paydays or as big of paydays as you can? How are you re- approaching the remainder of this historic UFC tenure? Um, you know, I don't really have that totally figured out. Uh, you know, I, I know that I can compete with the best guys. I know that, you know, I mean, I fought some of these guys and, and had tough fights with them on nights where I probably shouldn't have been inside the octagon. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I know that I can compete. Um, so making a run would be awesome. And at the same time, I, I'd love to just 
I, I just want to fight. You know, right. I just want to fight. So, like, if it's if it's big names, if it's catchweight fights, if it's all that stuff, like, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, you know, just uh, just let me fight a couple times a year, and uh, and let's let's just have some fun with it. Any matchups in particular that you really want? Maybe some rematches from the time that the Lyme disease was affecting you, or just whoever is ahead of you in the rankings at this point? Um, yeah, nothing in particular, you know? I mean, um, yeah, there, I mean, there, there are plenty of, plenty of rematches that I think could be made, and, and uh, you know, and there, there are definitely other guys that I, that I have not fought yet that, you know, that I could fight, but, uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't really concern myself with that, you know? Um, I'm, I train to get better every day, not train for a specific opponent, and, and, uh, so I'm just, you know, getting work my way back in the gym, continue to train, computer continue to evolve and whoever they decide to put, you know, inside the octagon across from me, I'm gonna try to go out there and, and uh give them the best version of myself that I can. Spoken like a true martial artist, my friend. So you came out of this fight unscathed with a quick finish. You said that you want to get back in there as soon as possible. You've kind of already said this, but have you put any thought to when that might be? Do you have a date or a venue in mind? And will you possibly be dropping your name in the hat for a last-minute replacement spot? Um, you know, the August gets a little, little crazy for us, uh, you know, and September's a little tight. So, like, I mean, I'd love to get right back into it. Um, I will say that my jaw hurts a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I'd, I'd love to hop right back into it, but... And as much as I don't like saying this because I don't like the commission, fighting at MSG wouldn't be bad. Timing would be good. Uh, you know, it, it freed me up for the end of the year, for holidays, and, and you know, and the rut. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, a fight at MSG would be, uh, you know, another one where I could have some local fans. And, and, uh, and like I said, the time is pretty good. And uh, that, that wouldn't... Uh, it wouldn't be too bad. I don't have to deal with New York Commission. Well, I know that the holidays and, and uh, going hunting during the rut is definitely important to you. But on top of that, wouldn't it be it be you know bucket list for you to compete at MSG, right? Uh, I fought at uh, two hundred five. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. My apologies. Right. So, well, another time there. Why not? Just add to some more uh, more of your records that you've already got. But um, listen, man. R- regardless of when your next outing is, Jim, I know all the fans out there. Looking forward to your return and continued success. You've been more than generous with your time. We greatly appreciate it. In conclusion, what can we all expect from you now that you've overcome some obstacles and you're back in prime form? Um, you know, uh, scrappy fights, man. You know, like uh, being able to being able to push. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in in my training is I'm able to push myself. I'm able to, uh, you know demand more out of myself in training and, and that's that's uh that's what has always helped me do well in fights because that's how i get myself in shape and, you know and i always push that last round and, and uh being able to do that again you know you're going to see you're going to see the you know the jim miller both where you know i just go out and i and i get in people's faces and and, and push them as hard as i can i'm racking up those bonuses along the way yeah you know i mean this is, I, I could have gotten one here. This one. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know, I'm on. I'm surprised you didn't get one. To be honest with you. I mean, come on. A submission in less than hey, a minute. There were, there were a couple other good submissions like that. But, uh, True. It's the way it goes. Yeah, man. I hear you. Uh, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs before we let you go? 
Uh, um, yeah, you know, uh, athletic CBD oil. Uh, it's one of those things that I've, I've used uh, getting on the CBD craze to uh, to kind of keep the inflammation down. It's, a, it's a, one of the bigger things that I've done to deal with not only getting older but the, the Lyme disease as well. Um, so you know, they they uh, being able to use a product that. that is good for the CBD, but then also has some of the other uh, aminos and stuff like that you need as well. So, um, yeah, they're one of those one of the companies that that's been behind me for a little bit now. So, all right, man. Again, thank you very much for the time today, Jim. Always a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope we can catch up again soon. Until then, all right. enjoy the remainder of your summer and keep crushing it on the grill, man. Will do. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Later. You heard a lot of the inside scoop with Jim as to how much the Lyme disease was affecting his career. It's awesome that he's gotten past that now, and I very much look forward to a lot of continued success from him, breaking some more records, as I said earlier. And maybe if he can string together a few really good wins, get that title shot that has eluded him so far in his career. Jim is a stand-up guy and a class act, and one hell of a competitor, always exciting to see him in action. But that's it for us, folks. Episode 121, BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. On behalf of the whole team, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, we've got it. Set up alerts and stay up to date. Everything you crave from the sports you love of mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com, we have got you covered, guys. Until next time. Big mahalo for joining us. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, everybody.